0: ACCOMPLISHMENT COACHING IS PROUD TO PRESENT THE FOLLOWING FINE PROGRAMMING ACCOMPLISHMENT COACHING WHERE COACHES LEAD AND LEADERS COACH ACCOMPLISHMENTCOACHING.COM
1: WELCOME TO THE COACHING SHOW WITH YOUR HOST MASTER CERTIFIED COACH CHRISTOPHER McCollum. Christopher McAuliffe is your source for the latest in the world of personal coaching. Whether it be speaking with such luminaries as Deepak Chopra or getting the newest techniques and innovation, The Coaching Show is always on the cutting edge of what's happening now. The Coaching Show is brought to you by Accomplishment Coaching, home of the World's Finest Coach Training Program. Here is Christopher McAuliffe, Master Certified Coach.
0: And thank you. That's the voice of Dick Warren, a legend here in, uh, in my hometown of San Diego. My name is Christopher McCallif, Master Certified Coach, because that's how you have to say it here today. As always, these days with Alex Terranova,
2: Professional Certified Coach. How are you? I'm so good as always. You're gonna get uh, you're gonna get Craig again soon. Are you gonna miss me? I I love Craig. Craig
0: Craig has the energy.
2: You know, you're like the laidback <laughs> Bill. And Craig is, is not laid
0: back. There's nobody who's ever said Craig is laid back. Craig is uh, uh, Craig Cassie is a uh, sometime contributor to this here program. And are you telling me that you're going on vacation or are you just sick he, of the He's island? a sex
2: coach. I, I feel like he's people say he's laid back. <laughs> um, I, am, uh, I am going on vacation. I'm going to meet my girlfriend's 99-year-old grandmother and mother in Florida. You're getting serious now. It's crazy. Who knew? Mm-hmm. Who am I? Now, let's go back a step. So Craig is a
0: sex coach. Does that mean he just sort of claps along or you know, get in there? <laughs> That's a good. Get in there. I want you to fight, fight, fight. I want you to win, win, win. I don't know.
2: No, that would uh, be a oh, that would be a cheerleader. Be, yeah. I, and now you're making me think of a new career option for people that are out there that you know sex cheerleader yeah yeah like if you're you know we do we talk to a lot of people about coaching and what coaching is and how to become a great coach and there's some coaches out there that are more like doing the cheerleading right they're not really coaching they're just like oh that's great and maybe that's an avenue for an unsuccessful you know coach who hasn't really learned how to coach (laughs) all right okay
0: uh you're gonna monetize that i know by the next time i see you you'll you have a course. <laughs> um, speaking of which, people can reach you at thedreammason.com. The Dream Mason, M A S O N, uh, dot com. You're, you've written uh, a book and contributed to one. You wrote a fictional authenticity and you contributed to one on redefining masculinity. Uh, anything else you want the people to know? You know, your publicist wouldn't have an answer to this.
2: Yeah, you know, and like like you just said, there's so many things, there's so many courses and so many things, but uh, I think just, um, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't have, I think go to thedreammason.com. Everything is there and uh, you can see the books and you can see the podcasts and everything is being, you know, it's the end of the year. I'm like, I've kind of turned the engine off and we're coasting to the end of the year and kind of trying to decide what I'm going to do next year.
0: It's a little, it's a, yeah. This is the chill I was talking about before. It's a little early to be hitting the CBD oil, but okay, okay, however you need to. <laughs> you just seem very relaxed.
2: Uh, uh, I, am, I am very relaxed. Why would I not be very relaxed? Are most people uncomfortable when they're around you?
0: <laughs> they are. <laughs> now that you mentioned it, I hadn't thought about it before, but I wonder why. Uh, all right. Thank you so much
2: for being with us, as always. Is there, uh, I'm going to... Do- wait what? do you want to tell us what this is the end of the year i think that we only have this podcast and one more before the new year before you know we take a break for the holidays that's right it's our pen ultimate do you have anything that you need to share what's the end of your year look like
0: well uh here's the thing that that company that i'm the ceo and founder of accomplishment coaching i don't know if you can see i'm wearing my accomplishment coaching cufflinks today wow, uh we've got a new website and a new brand launching and new programs uh, but me, you know, I just turned a zero birthday, and that's there's
2: there's reverberations in my life. Yeah, those AARP things that have been coming for a long time, you can actually start sending those back and collecting something. I assume. Don't even make fun, man. There's such good discounts, and <laughs> you get to, you go out to dinner at
0: four thirty p.m. You're gonna find a deal. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, it w- and thank you again for your uh, brilliant idea of a birthday party for me that was a comedy roast because that was semi-successful and I appreciate that that's that's on you
2: so wait I have a question for you because this has been a hot topic before we get to our guest do you keep figuring out like are you still on your goals through like right up through the finish line at the end of the year are you like already setting the goals for next year or is there like you know some some uh area in between where you allow yourself something else that's such a great
0: uh, multi-part question So the first is i uh i do my little ritual to complete the year the the week between uh the christmas holiday and the new year's holiday that's like my time to go and say and take account but i noticed that and i don't think this is particular to me i noticed that part of what i'm going through at the end of the year is disappointment with other people's stuff whether it's you know my clients or my or my uh people that i've that i work with right who are people i delegate to or something like that and it's i'm struggling lately with compassion do you know what i mean i'm pretty compassionate with me but other people not so much are you experiencing any of that is that a is that a time is that a pandemic thing or is that a holiday thing what do you think
2: no i uh i don't think i let other people's stuff get in my space like i don't yeah i don't i don't have a talk what i'm gonna uh deem called toxic uh (laughs) <laughs> toxic uh, em- toxic empathy yeah. um, the, the title um, of your next book obviously yeah, toxic the, empathy when when you let when you're so empathetic that it makes you sick <laughs> um which I actually think is a thing like people off we get so concerned with other people that it ends up like bringing us right down and then two people are screwed up yeah so, no, a lot
0: of, listen a lot of sociopaths feel that way go
2: ahead <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, no, I do not feel that way. I think that most years, no, I don't, I, I my, not every client hits every goal. And I think that's totally fine. Cause I don't think time works and our goal setting works like in accordance with the universe, the universe isn't like, Oh, you set a goal. Let's make sure everything works out. You know, 2020 showed us all that our goal setting may have other agendas based on what happened in the year, but I do think that most of my clients at the end of the year feel good about their years and what, what they did or didn't do. I think for me, I kind of, I kind of cut my year off in like, no, like the beginning of November and I kind of like enjoy the last two months as like a little slowdown before I'm going to like, I do the same thing as you. I have a little ritual right at the end. And then I like go full speed in January.
0: Yeah. I, I think that, you know, a lot of people end prematurely and that's okay. The, uh, We'll talk more about it. This is
2: the the thing. There's no, if you don't, I think like we, if you think about it like it's a race, then you're letting up before the finish line. Right. But if that's the case, the race is never over. So your whole life is like a sprint, which is actually not doable either. So you have to have a a moment where you actually are like, hey, I'm going to let up, I'm going to plug. What it was said to me recently, you don't carry this thing, your cell phone around all the time and always using it. You have to put it and you have to put it down and charge it at some point. It's got to charge. And so for me, I think that's that end of the year is like charging to go into the new year. Okay. Let's get our, let's get our guests. You don't like that. that. Well, I
0: have, we have a lot to say but but the guy you know we're gonna have to bring him back for an entire hour because you're wasting time. (laughs) Victor, Victor Moscone is an extraordinary man an entrepreneur, a PhD candidate researcher that's my old job on imposter phenomena and uh, help seeking intent. He's the founder of imposter solution coach. He's got an MSc in psychology and leadership development and coaching and ext- oh, joining us from his palatial mansion I'm sure in uh near Mission Viejo California well please welcome to our microphones for the first time Victor Mosconi hello sir hello thank you uh, we should let people know your website which is victor that's v i c t o r m o s.com uh, let's let's talk about this are are you willing to jump into this toxic uh, uh, conversation yeah yeah oh yeah <laughs> cool what do you, what do you think about about Mr uh Mr Terranova's Thesis that like you can sort of pull up on the gas or or maybe even call the game in November?
1: I think it kind of depends on your clients and where they're at. I, I mean, in some cases, depending on what else is going on in their life or what else their goals are. Yeah, you might be in a situation where that's the best thing, especially when you have Thanksgiving, there's holidays, people are taking off and traveling. You have December, again, people are traveling or coming to you. You know, even with the pandemic going on, I know there's still a lot of people traveling. So I think it's something where, sure, you can take that in consideration, um, but it might be more in a case-by-case depending on your clients and for yourself. Well, it's then going to be based on, well, what is it you're doing? It's like, how do you want to structure it? For you, um, it might work out really great where, yeah, I want to go until the mid of December because that's when I'm going to structure my, you know, as you're I was listening in and hearing you say that, you know, when you're going to take your time to kind of, reassess what everything that's gone on and plan for the next year others um like alex may actually go okay no i'm gonna start easing down so he's not fully taking a break it doesn't sound like it but it's like okay i'm gonna just start kind of easing down kind of working on a few things and kind of planning things out so it's just a matter of kind of whatever's gonna work for you um at the same time you know if it works it's obviously things are working for him he's got that beautiful mansion as you said i um, in Calabasas. Is that right?
2: Carl's well, you just Carl's upgraded bad. my Sorry. life. Calabasas.
1: Not, I, live in, I live next door to the Kardashians actually. Oh, yeah. there we go. <laughs> Carl's bad. Um, so, I mean, obviously it's working for him. So like, I can't complain about that.
0: Nice. I Alex, what I would say is I'm noticing, and I, I appreciate the conversation because what I'm noticing is that uh, to Victor's point, I, I, my last month like from november 1st to december 20th or whatever we're talking about is mostly filled with anxiety right like trying to trying to gallop towards the finish you know not unlike uh, people who do w- wait for their holiday shopping till the last minute right so now i'm in the store like what do i get people what am i going to do not actually in that regard but often with like my own or a clients goals i'm sort of like now how are we going to get this done man you got four more weeks six more weeks three more weeks whatever it is so
2: I'm intrigued by your thesis. Well, and here, let us I'll throw out another way in that you can, nothing in nature runs all year long. So if we look just at nature and the seasons, right? If, imagine if we tried to make summer last for the whole year. Now in Southern California, that's a little easier. But imagine if you were still running around in your summer clothes in New York City in the winter being like, nope, it's still summer. I'm still going hard. It's still summer. Well, like- you'd be freezing right and i think i think that we even professional athletes right when their season's over they don't just start the next season there's a there's a rehabilitation there's a condition in their body there's a you know rest and and almost like recharge and i think that in the business world this doesn't necessarily exist and i don't know that i have it like all figured out because i don't know that my strategy of like letting off the gas for the last 2 months is is like because i'm not like fully going into rest mode there's like this weird, like uh, hybrid, but maybe, you know, maybe this is, uh, maybe there's some, I wonder you're, Victor you're the expert on um, imposter syndrome. I wonder if there's something, how that might may work into this in the sense of if we're not going to hit our goals, am I impostering that I'm resting? <laughs> or is Christopher impostering that he's like, has to get all this stuff done? When in actuality, like he's done probably a great job. And this is like some, it's imposter syndrome could look in various different ways. It doesn't just always look like I, I'm a failure. I don't know how to do it.
1: Um, that's actually a good point. Cause as you guys were talking, I'm listening to this going. My first thought is for Christmas, it's like, okay, if you're feeling like you have to rush or cram to get everything in by that end goal, why is that? What's been going on throughout the rest of the time, whether it's been a year or six months or however long you're working with the clients for yourself, It's like, why do you feel like you have to cram it all in to get it to this point now? Um, Is it just because you feel like that's the end point that you have to reach? But again, it's that point where you kind of have to look back and go, um, as Alex was saying, it's like, what else have you accomplished through this point? What else have you actually achieved to realize, okay, um, it's not like I haven't achieved anything. And then looking at that end goal, even if you don't accomplish it, kind of reflecting on why is that is it because you just eh, procrastinated gave up did put the effort into it were there circumstances beyond your control that slowed the progress down does it also matter whether you accomplish that goal now or let's say December 15th or if it's something that you can extend till you know January or February based on the progress that you've been making everything else that's been happening and even what you're experiencing you know within these last couple of months there's a lot that goes into it it's not just a simple like one answer flip it's a matter of like there's a lot of things you have to look at but you do have to kind of reflect on a lot to understand it and yeah it kind of connects into that because with imposter syndrome you often get to that part of it is like that perfectionist ideal it's like if i don't complete this goal i'm a failure i'm not good enough people won't think i'm good enough and i don't see myself as good enough and you have to realize. Okay, wait. What are you looking at? What is your focus, and what's the purpose? And again, here's the thing too with that, is if that's your focus, you're putting your value, your worth as to who you are and what you're doing, basing it on everybody else and what their perception and expectations are, as opposed to you doing it, you knowing what you're doing, you're um, appreciating your own experience and qualities, and knowing you know what it's like. It's okay. I've done all this. I've accomplished all this, and if I don't meet that goal, it's okay because I'm still on task. I'm still moving. I'm still growing towards where I need to be.
0: That's really good. And I noticed that with my perfectionist clients, I'm always, you know, give yourself a break, give yourself credit for what you're doing, like that. But it's, you know, it's a little different when we point it to ourselves. So um, what about perfectionism? Is it connected to to imposter syndrome?
1: Oh, yes, definitely. Um, it's It's that aspect of, again, seeing that first off with imposter syndrome, you never feel like you're worthy or you're good enough. So to reach that level, everything has to be at that high level. It's not just a matter of growth and excellence that, Hey, I want to do the best job. It's, it's gotta be perfect because if there's any flaws, any defects, any errors, the project itself, people will look back at that project, whatever it might be. And look at you like, Oh, that's not good enough which then you internalize as a reflection of, well, it's not good enough because I'm not good enough. And I didn't do a good enough job because that's just who I am. And so I have to work harder and I have to do more to make sure it hits that perfect aspect, perfect look, perfect presentation, whatever it might be.
2: I um, I feel like I just got diagnosed with something. Um, <laughs> is It's almost hard to believe like when we, obviously all three of us are talking to a lot of people, but we all outside of clients, we have friends. It almost occurs like everybody's in this conversation, right? I yes. rarely hear anyone being like, yeah, I'm not doing really great at work. And like, it's fine. <laughs> it's now, maybe that's the people I surround myself with, but it typically feels like either we're not doing something good enough or someone else isn't, right? Like their boss isn't, if, if it's not, if they're, if the, if they're not perfect and they're okay with it or something, it's like their boss is the person who's not perfect or their partner's not doing good enough, which seems like the same thing, just you're projecting it out versus having it be you.
1: Right, right. And and you're right on the aspect that everybody does experience it. Um, based on p- previous studies, they estimate that between 70% and 80% of the population will experience imposter syndrome at any one point. Most people usually experience it when they're changing a career, starting some sort of a new project, entrepreneurship, anything like that, where they're having to put themselves into a new situation. And of course, all those feeling, feelings and thoughts of like, whoa, okay, I'm in a wholly, totally new environment. I'm not sure I know what I'm doing. Or if you get hired for a new position, it kind of fits the same thing because then you're like, whoa, they hired me into this position. Do I really know this? Or am I, am I going to get fired after three weeks because they're going to go, oh, hey, we made a mistake. Usually though, after several weeks or a couple of months, depending on what you're doing, things start to fall into place and you start realizing and like, oh, I'm feeling actually pretty good. Okay. I'm starting to get this. I don't have all of it down, but I'm getting the flow. I know what I'm doing. And a lot of those imposter thoughts and feelings start to fade away. In a pandemic situation with all these other things that also can pull it up because you've got all these new changes and scenarios that are popping into it that people are totally unaware of or, or unexperienced with. So that'll create it. The other part, though, is those that have a lifelong experience with imposter syndrome, this is something that will feed into them on a daily basis. And it doesn't matter if they've been in their job for five years or 10 years, and they've been promoted three times, and they've done these things multiple times, they're constantly feeling like they're never good enough, because they're constantly looking to the outside for that appreciation and acceptance as opposed to themselves. So... It's a matter of, and yes, you're right. You will project it to others as well. And that's where you have to drop the expectations because when you're looking at all the expectations of everybody else, you project it onto you like, okay, everybody's expecting me to be this way. And I don't feel like I am this way. And you end up losing the qualities of yourself. When you're experiencing this, you can also project that onto others because again, you're not accepting them for who they are and the qualities of what they have. You're constantly thinking, well, if they don't have that up to that point. If they're not showing me their qualities or they're putting that effort into it, that's going to reflect on me. Cause then it comes right back to you again. Cause you kind of look at it like, you know, especially if you're in a leadership position, you're like, Oh, well I'm looking at this person and their quality of work is not what I'm expecting. And now it's going to look like, oh, I'm a bad leader. I'm the bad manager, whatever it might be. Even in this situation, you got to kind of look at it and go, okay, wait, what's going on? Why do I see this? Why do I think this? And it could be that your expectations are way out of whack. They're too high. They're too much. It could be the fact that the other person doesn't read minds naturally. And so you have to be able to tell them, okay, these are like the five things that I know I want on this project. And if you do that, you can kind of work with them um, as opposed to just assuming they're going to do what you want. It's that aspect of communication. It's that understanding that they have their own ideas and their own way of thinking, and so do you. And it's not a negative, it's just more of like an understanding of I can want excellence, I can want something to be really good. And if I don't, if it doesn't meet it, here's the other part with perfectionism is this project really gonna, if the way it's structured now, the way it's done by the other person, is it gonna be a detriment if we leave it as it is? Is it gonna be a problem for anybody else, or is it really just? I want something that's not necessary. It's like I want it to be shown up here. I want you to put all these extra points into it. But at the end of the day, does it really matter? Does it really have an impact? Or is it just because I want it so I look good? Does that make sense?
2: Yeah. And I wanna I wanna get like some examples or some like what people can do from you mm-hmm. because you know, we're obviously in a, you know, the great um Debate of whether we should get vaccines over this syndrome that we're all getting, right? Like we can't decide. So, since we can't decide if we should be getting a, a, a you know an imposter syndrome vaccine, um, should? Christopher's just good. I need now.
0: I need you to put these dots a little closer together. I don't get how how we ended up in the. It's vaccine. like a virus.
2: It's like a disease. We're all infected by it. But all right, you know, okay, all right. Oh man. I, I like understand. Being, they
0: can't all be perfect. I just heard I that for Victor. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. I mean, so you, you, gotta take, go. you gotta take, you gotta, you gotta shoot your shot, man. <laughs> you just gotta shoot your shot. Uh, so, <laughs> so what do, what do we do? Right. What do we, what do, what do we do as, as, as leaders, coaches, employees, like, if you could give us an example of a situation and then like what that person did or
1: yeah, so we can. Really okay. see it. All right. So first off, um, as we mentioned earlier on when um, my my research is on imposter phenomenon okay it's the same thing as imposter syndrome the problem that's occurred over time is that people call it a syndrome when it's not it's not a disease it's not a disorder it's a phenomenon so it's based off of experiences and when it switched over, when popular media was using Cindermore, I'm not really sure. But because of that, it kind of brings about the stigma with it as well, because many people will not want to talk about it because they often feel like, okay, this is something wrong with me. This is something that can't change. And as opposed to looking at it as it's based on experiences that you grew up with that have put this in your mindset and this mindset that you've created with it, because if you go into it knowing that, okay, this is a mindset, Whether it's something that I created when I was five based on experiences from parents and other adults, or whatever it might be, and I'm 20s, 30s, 40s, whatever it might, you know, whatever age, it doesn't matter. It's like it's still a mindset and you can learn to change it. That's a really big thing that people have to understand and to know that, okay, this is something that I can actually slowly take time and change with. Some of the things that you can do though is, of course, reduce comparison, which is not always easy. But instead of comparing what other people are doing and using it as a barometer as so like, oh, well, these are the people are, this is what they're doing. So I'm sure everybody's expecting me to do the same. It's like, you have to realize your skills, your abilities, your talent, your voice are not the same as them. Same thing with experiences. So you need to focus on your own qualities. You've got to be able to see Okay. This is what I'm really good at. This is where I'm coming from. So in the case of, um, let's see, I was trying to think of, um, Okay, somebody was actually looking at building up their own coaching practice, um, working with um, uh, PTSD. And what they kept doing was seeing everybody else out there and looking at, well, okay, well, this person has this credential or this person has this degree. And this person has this many years of experience in this area. I'm nothing like that. So I'm not going to be as good as they are. And as we were talking, we started realizing that you've got a lot of experience. This person had a ton of experience in another area with ptsd and how to cope with it and they had other um educational background and other credentials and instead of actually looking at it going okay this is what i've earned this is what i've learned this is who i am they kept comparing it like well they have these other credentials you know it's like oh this person went to yale and i only went to um city college or city university okay it's like that's not the issue don't worry about that because they could go to yale and yet still not know what they're doing. It's not a matter of using that. It's a matter of, okay, well, where, what else are your experiences? Oh, you've experienced PTSD for you know 15 years. You've gone through different aspects of therapy. You've gone through different courses on how to actually talk with people, explain it to them. You've had coaching clients as well. It's again, looking at those. And that's what you have to do as a leader when you have to look back at your own accomplishments and not just say, oh yeah, I accomplished this. And walk on. you then got to look at well, what did I put into that accomplishment? So a lot of the times we don't look at that. We look at our accomplishments as a checklist, and then we just check them off and go, okay, sure, yeah, I did it. But we'll also justify it and go, yeah, but I mean, I I just lucked out. The other three people that were running for that position, yeah, just dropped out, or they just decided that uh, they would give me a shot, or you know, it had been a really bad month or i was having health issues so i'm sure my bosses were being nice yeah i think that
0: i i appreciate that clarity and the reminder because anytime our clients for example i've got some people that are starting new roles right a lot of people use this opportunity to sort of jump to a different role or a different company so i appreciate the reminder that imposter phenomena is a uh, particularly acute when there's a change when there's something new relationship or or Role or something like that. Can we? I guess I've got two questions, and forgive me for stacking them here. The first is: Are there gender differences with imposter syndrome? In other words, uh, you know, in your in your studies, have you found that that uh, men or women, or young people or old people, or any kind of like demographic differences uh, increase the likelihood of it? And and secondly, I'm interested in the people who experience imposter syndrome. I know that um, I ran into it a lot when I was in a different career people who were really accomplished in their careers still often felt like imposters. And it, you know, that seems even more ridiculous outside which has them talk about it less, right?
1: Yes, oh yeah, definitely. Um, Okay, so so, to the first point, um, gender differences. Initially when the studies were first done they were done on women, basically because they were noticing that women were discussing some of these aspects more. Over these past, Thirty years easily, they've noticed that there's no difference between genders on who is experiencing it. One doesn't experience it more than the other. Both seem to experience it equally. Um, as they've gone on, they've noticed with some of the results that women seem to indicate that they uh, experience it with more intensity than men might, and their use of strategies might be a little different as well, just on how they cope with it. Where in, some, in general areas, um, women are more likely to actually bring it up and talk with others, looking for social feedback. Men are more likely to kind of just want to work through it, um, thinking that they can handle it and they'll find other coping means. So it's still aspects of coping is something that they're still looking into to understand um, what other differences or how to help them on that. Accomplished people, that's the biggest thing because much of the time in their early childhood, their life was structured around accomplishments, and it was based on okay, they got a, they got um, appreciated for an accomplishment. They were told that hey, this is what you want to do. You need to achieve this, and it could be a grade in school. Hey, you, you know if you got an A, that's great. You got an A. If you were in sports, it's like okay, you need to get that championship. Do everything you can for that championship. So their life often hinged around these higher achievements of successes, whether it's again, a grade or, um, uh, um, sorry, a grade or like a sporting or activity event. I can give you a direct example for me. So when I was a kid, it was, oh, bring up, brought a report card home. Oh, you got a B. oh, well, why didn't you get an A? Oh, okay. Well, there was these different reasons. Oh, well, okay. You, can, you know, work harder, get an A next time. Next time, bring the report card home. Got an A minus, got an A minus. Okay, well, why is it not an A plus? Okay, so go work back, figure, okay, I'm still not good enough. Got to get that A plus. Next time, bring in a report card home, get an A plus. Got an A plus. Nice. Okay, why is there a B in this class? So it becomes this thing that, okay, I'm never good enough because you think that, okay, once I achieve that high grade, I'm good enough. But then you achieve it and it's seen. But then the next, let's say, negative is looked at. So for a lot of people who are accomplished, they're constantly striving because they feel like, okay, I have to get that next accomplishment. If I get that next accomplishment, then I'm good enough. They don't realize it, of course, for themselves that they're setting the tone. They just, this is what they've known. This is how their mindset and their behavior was formed from an early age. So it's constantly driving them to get that next accomplishment. Yet they get it. And it's like, oh, that's it. And we, and we know, we all know
0: this. I mean, um, arguably it's the reason we have coaches, right? Because we all know the people who are successful, accomplished and miserable, right? Because there's no, as you point to, there's no joy in the accomplishment. Mm -hmm. There's just like uh, perfection is minimally acceptable. And Mm -hmm. then on to the next thing, right? No celebration, no pause, which might be what Alex was talking about earlier. So what are some practices that you have your clients take on or that you would have us all take on with regard to our accomplishments or even even looking at our career I heard I heard when you were talking about the year to sort of look for the achievements and not the gap or the or the disappointments
1: right so with this and this could be structured in different ways you know if you're starting out and somebody's trying to figure out how you know looking at their own background and everything have them go through some of their big accomplishments first but then it's not just looking at the accomplishments, looking at what it took to get them to that point. What did they have to put into it themselves? What work, what time, what knowledge, what growth they went through to achieve them? This starts to help them to see their own um, skills and abilities and realize it's not just a fluke. It wasn't just handed to me. I didn't luck out. As that goes, that that's great, but it can only go for so much because then you look at it and usually the next thing is, well, yeah, but 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 that was then, this is now. And so they'll dismiss it. So what I, I'll have them do then is, and I, even I do this on a weekly basis at the end of the week, it depends on maybe it's a daily thing at first, what did you accomplish for the day? And it's not a checklist of like, oh, I did 15 things. Look how good I am. But it's looking at, well, what did you accomplish? And What did you put into it? Because in some cases it could be three things. And if you're struggling with imposter syndrome or imposter phenomenon, you're gonna look, oh, it's only three things. I didn't do enough. I should have done more. Well, okay, well, what were those three things? What did you have to put into it? Because maybe those three things took three hours because, for one of them, because you had to do research. You had to go, you know, it took you another hour to write, edit, rewrite, and you have to look at that and realize, oh, that took time. That took effort. And look at the skills you were building in that. It's a matter of truly taking those steps to understand and appreciate your own skills and your own abilities and mm-hmm. that growth that many people don't. They often just dismiss and figure, well, everybody can do it. It's like, well, no, everybody can't because there'd be everybody would be the same. And it's like, look, there's not all the same number of leaders. There's not 15 people in your one position. There's you for a reason, but you have to get them to see it. And even a matter of, okay, look at the number of people you've talked to today. What did you talk about? How did you help them? And again, it's an understanding of like, oh, well, yeah, we talked about this and I was helping them because of these reasons. It's helping them to acknowledge and admit the quality, the effort, and the um, importance of what they're doing.
0: I feel like there's also a difference in the endeavor. For example, uh, yesterday, two days ago, I had a full day, you know, and included some some talks to groups that are, you know, very like, expecting great things from me and that I was getting paid well for. And then at the end of the day, I had dinner with a bunch of old friends that I hadn't seen in a long time. And that dinner, you know, not at a fancy place, not a particularly, you know, uh, elevated (laughs) table in terms of the the food and, and drink quality was the highlight of, you know, uh, at least a week for me, right. So what I'm pointing to is that often we prize, it's easy for me to, you know, push that off, because that's not a, a career achievement, right? I just had dinner with some friends. But for me, the, the heartwarmingness, the, you know, the camaraderie, the joy, the fun that we had, was so important. And I noticed that I keep going back to it all week, you know, instead of my very important meetings, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Oh no. Is there something there for
0: us about what we enjoy?
1: Oh, definitely. Um, And that's the other part too, because with imposter phenomenon, uh, people often look at, okay, my achievements. I have to take care of all of these successes because that's the only thing that's important. But your own joy, your own happiness, that's totally important, and you have to appreciate that as well. So knowing that you went out to dinner and had a great time with friends, that's not a negative you can you can and it can be easily seen that way cuz you can see it and people do see it where yeah okay but i mean i could have spent those 2 hours working on something else where i should have gotten this project done i should have typed this up i should have been sending these emails out but you exactly. have to also realize that oh yeah but i enjoyed that time and it was great to talk with them what did it do for me did i get anything accomplished no did i have fun and enjoy it yes that's good because that's taking care of your own Literally, it's almost like it's basically taking care of your own mental health because you have to take care of yourself as well and realize that doing good things for you is good. That's part of the whole thing of seeing that you're good enough. It's not about just the achievements in your life. It's doing good things for you that, again, people that struggle with imposter phenomenon don't see. They're like, but I shouldn't because I'm not good enough for that. And no, that's part of it. It's part of enjoying life. You need to be able to enjoy life and going out for two hours, taking a vacation, taking time off from work, recharging your batteries, enjoying life. That's important.
2: I'm, Thank you. I'm thinking the parallel or uh, how this interacts with people and their health and fitness. Um, and if it does, right? Like, is this, oh, yeah. do, see, do we, because um, as I'm, as I'm listening to you with Christopher, you know, try to fix Christopher and make him a little bit better. Um, I'm thinking about how no, like if I use myself, like no matter how much I work out, it's never good enough. Right. It's never, Mm -hmm. and there's, it almost feels like there's, you know, we we could look, view it from like a body dysmorphia. Like, Hey, what I see is like there that's, that occurs like body dysmorphia occurs, like a version of the imposter phenomenon. You think something is different than it is. Um, and same thing with eating, right? Like you could eat, I'm a, a pretty healthy eater and then I have one bad meal and I'm like, oh, it's like, I'm a mess, I'm disgusting. But it, it's not, and you and I say it like a joke, but it, there is this sense of I'm not who I say I am or I'm not who I say I wanna be. How do you, right. do people, do you work with people or does this come up a lot in the in the fitness health area?
1: It, it definitely can. So let me ask you this question. So you say you work out, but then you just never feel like it's enough or you're enough. Why? Uh, why? Uh, because I compare myself to,
2: you know, people that we see on TV or on covers of magazines or whatnot. And now sure. I can I can lo- I can, can have the logical conversation, which is they do this for a living.
1: <laughs> okay. I don't work out for a living. It okay. doesn't make a difference. That doesn't okay. make me feel any better. But why are you comparing yourself to them? Um,
2: because I grew up in Los Angeles and I've been conditioned to believe that's how how we should
1: look. Okay. True. Very true. That's good. That's exactly true. So are you ever going to look that way? I mean, I hope so. (laughs) Based on your current way of living and working. Uh, Oh, because you just uh, said okay, these guys probably work out all the time. Like this is what they do on a daily basis. You have all these other aspects of your life. So so is, is oh, that a detriment making... to you? Is, it, is that a negative to your life that you'll never, if you never look that way? Not in reality, it's not. Oh, yeah. Okay. So how can you end up looking at yourself in the mirror after a workout, after a week of working out and go, I like what I'm doing. I like what I'm doing for me.
2: I, well, I would have to start by taking down all the paper that I have covering all the mirrors in the house. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, I think what you just said is 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 the is a practice. Like, I this feels good. Um, proud of myself for doing this. It's it's hard to say that I look good for me. That is a hard because that seems like there's based on what standard. Your standard. Yeah.
1: Why do you have to have somebody else's standard? for you yeah. and the physical aspects are one of the hardest, especially with imposter phenomenon, because again, like you were saying, it's so easy to compare. I mean, I grew up, I have, I have, I'm an Italian background. So I have what's called a Roman nose and I hated my nose growing up. It wasn't, didn't look like everybody else's and I hated the way I look and I'm never gonna be a big bodybuilder unless I worked out eight hours a day. That would be the only way. And that's just never going to be me. And I've had to get to the point where I realized that's okay. I have to like who I am. And that's part of it too, is that you have to realize I'm okay with who I am. I like who I am, not based on anybody else's expectations. Um, Same thing when I'm meeting people. And I've had to get to this point as well, where I used to put myself out there thinking, okay, if these people don't like me, why, what did I do wrong? What do I have to change? Why, Why don't they like me? And it took me time to get to the point where I'm like, you know what? This is me. This is who I am. Um, I like my personality. I like the way I look. Doesn't mean I like the way I look every day. I can't look in the mirror and go, yeah, I'm looking great today. It's like, uh, okay, this is just not a good day. But overall, I like who I am. And if there's other people who don't, well, that's their problem. That's their choice. But I have other people in my life that appreciate me for who I am, like who I am, and I can look in the mirror and go, yeah, I like who I am. Even while I'm working out or exercising, I may not have that perfect image in my head as to how I am looking, but I can still look at myself and go, you know what? I like who I am today. Something that I'll tell clients to do is, especially when they struggle with this, is to look in the mirror, find something that you like about yourself, pick one thing just for that day. And it could be, and it's, again, you're going to find something that you like And it could be something simple. You're like, okay, I'm going to play it safe. I like the color of my eyes. Great. The next day, look at something else. And maybe it's like, well, you know, I like the way my arm kind of looks today. It's like, it's looking good. I like the way the shape. I like it, you know, and again, it's, you're zeroing in on one thing because you have to start appreciating things about yourself. And it's not a matter of, okay, well, yeah, I like, let's say the way my arm is looking today, but you know, ah, man, I don't like the way the rolls are looking here. I don't like this. It's like, then you distract yourself. You're starting to like go off tower task and realize, Oh, now I'm looking at all the things I don't like. What do you like about yourself? What do you appreciate about yourself and start seeing that and building on that. And also realizing you're working out every day. Are you working out every day, Alex? I don't know about every day, but most, most days. Okay. Most days. So you're working out. Are you staying healthy? Yeah. Are you working on continuing to stay healthy or get healthier? yes always okay and you're constantly growing and working on building up your body dynamic your structure Uh, the way it looks the the fitness of it let's put it that way
2: yeah it's more i mean it's more from a. it's like yeah it's more i mean it's more from a it's vanity it's like to be so yeah it's it's all done just to uh, look a certain way but yeah but for who well i look if (laughs)
1: I, I mean it is for me first okay, good. and
2: foremost i think that's the thing like if i felt good about it then it wouldn't matter because i i love what you said like there's other areas where like you know i'm i'm happy to go out and be the person in a bar you know a bar or, or a place and say the thing that that people don't like because mm-hmm. i don't care i'm like hey that's i'm happy to do that but i don't want to be but but it shows right because i'm okay with me in that area but in, an, in, that, in this area, I'm not as okay with me. So then I use other people's opinion, you know, what I think other people might be thinking. Um, so, but it really is about me. It's about me being okay with me.
1: Yeah, it is. And it's about you appreciating who you are and being true to yourself authentically all the way through. Um, and again, if people were to see you and you know, even if some bodybuilder walked up and said, oh, wow, well, you're kind of scrawny. And it's like, okay. One, nobody asked his opinion, their opinion. Usually,
2: just for reference, they usually, when people see me, they run and scream, that's a monster. Like, you know, (laughs) it's it's disgusting. (laughs) Who let him out?
1: (laughs) (laughs) That'd be the opposite. But still, at the same time, you got to appreciate that monster within you. Um, And it's just really, it's getting to that point where... You're doing things for you. You're appreciating it for you. And especially same thing with your own um, physical appearance. It's looking at it going, you know, it's what I like about me. This is the body that I have. So I have to appreciate it. It's like, you know, if I wanted blonde hair, I could dye it. But at the same time, I'm still have dark hair. That's just natural. That's who I am. And it's an aspect of like, okay, I'm appreciating it for me because this is who I am. This is what I'm like.
0: What I uh, I want to let people know how to get a hold of you. And you've got an extraordinary uh, a quiz that is available. Will you let
1: us know both of those things? How do we get a hold of you? How do we work with you? And uh, how do we get this quiz? Sure. Um, so um, can on my website, obviously my website, you can get a hold of me. That's one way. It's victormoss.com, as you had mentioned in the more uh, in the beginning. Um, also on Instagram under Doc Moss Inspired. And I have a quiz that um, it's, there's, it's 10 questions and it's on imposter syndrome strength, just kind of indicating like what your imposter syndrome strength is with then um, a rating and some information afterwards, just kind of letting you know, Hey, your imposter syndrome basically is really low. um, So you're doing a really good job. You're not really too worried about other people or other concerns, you know, or it goes to the the far end where it'll say, okay, your imposter syndrome score is high, which means you're constantly you know, stressed and anxious about how other people view you, your own self-worth, and then some steps that they can take. So there's always some little things that can help them out as they see it as well. So those are definitely things that they can look at, um, which will take them into my website as well. And they can look at a variety of things that are connected to there. Um, I have blog posts on there. Um, I am starting a podcast at the beginning of the year in regards right. to the imposter phenomenon and connecting with your authentic self. So yeah, that'll all be coming. And I've already got a page on my website for it. So it'll start kind of giving updates really soon.
0: Great. Thank you so much. And we should let people know it's Victor Moss, V-I-C-T-O-R-M-O-S dot com. And the Instagram is Doc Moss, M-O-S inspired. Correct? Docmoss Inspired. Yes. Great. I want to I want to talk about uh, outcomes and expectations around uh, you know, as coaches, we're all often, always dealing with goals and i want to i want to give you two scenarios and find out your what you what you have about each one so in some cases i know that for example as a coach right somebody comes to me and says i want to make a million dollars let's say it's not a real thing but sometimes it could be and they say uh 10 10 years i want to you know i'm going to work hard 10 years and save my money and i'm going to have a million dollars in 10 years and when that happens as a coach i Pat myself on the back and acknowledge that I'm a person of possibility and say, you know, I don't think it'll take that long. If you really apply yourself, we can do it right or something like that. The second scenario is the client that comes and says, I want to make a million dollars. And you know, being a smart coach, I say great by when and they say Thursday. And then you know, Mr. Possibility is not so much about possibility Then I'm like, well, hold your horse," you know, hey, wait a minute, maybe, maybe with 10 years of you know what I mean? Right. So how does that relate to imposter syndrome or does it, am I out on left field somewhere?
1: Oh, does no, no, it idea? does. Because even in this state, when people actually get to that point of like, okay, look, I, I realize I'm feeling this, I don't like this. I, I wanna make a change. Um, there are people who are like, uh, okay, so how long is this gonna take? Like three weeks? Can, can, I, can I just have, create a new mindset in three weeks and I'm, I'm good to go, right? That's all I gotta do. It's like, it doesn't work that way. Especially if you've had this mindset for most of your life or it reoccurs when new changes happen, it doesn't just disappear. It's, there's no magic button where it's like, oh, you know, say these three words every day and you'll be totally good to go. It's something that you have to learn the skills and reflect on them and reapply them on a regular basis. Whether it's, you know, looking at your achievements, like I said, once a week, whether it's looking at yourself in the mirror once a day for a period of time, just finding something good, whether it's, just kind of going back on your own accomplishments and going yeah okay I can do this or it's like oh how did I overcome this past struggle this is what I can do this time you're constantly having to look back on it you have to realize this is going to probably be a lifelong thing and it's not a negative it's not like oh this is an everyday lifelong thing but when you come up with the challenges oh okay I'm starting a new job next week oh I'm already feeling a little off I know this is going to hit me so you're acknowledging you're going to possibly feel the imposter thoughts okay what am I going to do for it okay So if those thoughts hit, I should think about, well, okay, where are those thoughts coming from? What are those thoughts about? And then looking back at my achievements or my successes or thinking about, okay, what am I gonna do to overcome this? Because again, with imposter syndrome, um, people will go, okay, I have to do this all on my own. Otherwise I'm not good enough. So if you hit that point, you again, look at it and go, okay, so if I come up to this struggle, um, I can go back on my past experience, based off of that, I can ask for help because that's an important thing to do. And I can do some research on these particular areas to help me learn. So this way, I don't feel like I'm going to be stuck or that I'm going to have this issue. But again, you're having to kind of walk yourself through it. You have to realize this is going to happen. And even if I get it over this time, it's going to happen again. Because what I've seen out there, and you mentioning it makes me laugh because I saw this, I don't know, I've seen this over the many months, there's coaching websites, there's other websites and things out there going, smash imposter syndrome, blow it up never deal with it again like yeah that's not gonna happen because right it's gonna One day, come back Monday to seminar yeah right. yeah yeah exactly it's like no it, it's like you feel like you go through that okay that's great that's great and then you know six months later new job opportunity okay I'm gonna quit my job I'm gonna start up my own business and all those thoughts are gonna just fly right back in you're gonna have all these voices telling you you're not good enough you're gonna fail you're never gonna do it and then you're gonna sit there going wow, I guess I wasn't really good in the course either because obviously I didn't do it the right way. It's like, no, it's not about that. It's all about taking that information and applying it, reapplying it. So like you said, we just like, you know, with a millionaire going, okay, you want to do this in 10 years. Okay, you're going to be working on it. There's going to be steps. You're going to be making progress. You're going to reapply things. There's going to be problems. You're going to have parts where you stumble and trip. And, you know, it's a matter of picking yourself back up and then restarting again and it's okay. And that's what you have to do, especially with this. It will never just poof go away. I wish it would. That'd be awesome. Cause, but then I wouldn't be here either. So, hey. <laughs> well, have you tried saying those
0: three words every day? Maybe, no, I'm kidding.
1: I keep changing up the three <laughs> words and none of the three words have worked yet. <laughs> this this question might be
2: a deviation, but I'm like thinking about right now, Does do you think this is something that's existed like, you know, 300 years ago, 500 years ago, where people was, was this, it, you know, it wouldn't have been like, Like like clarified like like it is now with psychology and whatnot, but is this a human phenomenon or is this a phenomenon or a you know a uh, that occurs in the modern world because of how we've created our societies and capitalism and and go 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 and accomplish accomplish accomplish.
1: I think it's something that's been around forever because of how we interact with others and looking at. I mean, just going back to the simple basics of looking at parents and seeing parents wanting their kids to achieve something or going to the opposite way and having parents saying, no, you'll never achieve that because you're not good enough for it, which sticks in their mind. So that builds on it. And those are themes that have been through civilization for many thousands of years in different ways. I mean, it, you know, go back to the ancient Rome and- You definitely would have had parents and, you know, telling the boys, hey, you know, you could go off and be a top in the military, you can be a top politician, you know, we've got the wealth, you need to make the money, whatever it could be, at the same time, telling the women, you know, that, okay, your job is to stay in the household and that's as far as it's ever going to go. And there's been other societies throughout the world where you'll have people who want to break out of their their lane basically it's like i my skills my desires are elsewhere and yet in their society it's like no everybody stays in their lane nobody can do anything else that will create it as well because then you feel like okay well i'm just not good enough and i think there's been this this scenario this phenomenon has been around forever um and just over the past 30 40 years we just, where we've kind of realized it and started to understand the impact that it has on people
0: Okay. okay. So my takeaways then, a lot of this I'm hearing is about self-appreciation, self-acknowledgement, looking, changing our focus to who who we are and what we're doing well and appreciating all of that. Yes. And that perfectionism is int- intimately and intricately tied to imposter syndrome, and that there are some logical places where we can look for imposter syndrome whenever we make a major change or do start something new, likely it's going to show up. And yet also in terms of any relationship to our accomplishments. So I think it's such a perfect time of year because we've got, we've all accomplished something this year, even if it was just making it this far, right? Oh, yes. Um, Is there a, is there a ritual or a, or a suggestion or a practice that you have to increase this sort of self appreciation or for, for people, I know you've sort of peppered it throughout our conversation today, but is there a, a tool or device that you use, or is there some, some advice you can give
1: us? Yes. Sit down at one point in your day, whether, when you have that moment to do so, sit down and write out like, like a T-chart would be good. And then on the left-hand column, write down your accomplishment, maybe three accomplishments actually. Um, and you can do it, as you said, if we're looking at it for the whole year, pick three accomplishments throughout your entire year. So on the left-hand side, you're gonna write down three accomplishments, give them space. On the right-hand side, you're gonna then write down, what did it take to you for you to accomplish them? What, what effort, time, energy, communication, growth, knowledge, any of those aspects, did it take for you to accomplish that um, achievement and take it to the next step? How was that achievement? connected with your life now? Like what is, what, what else has it connected with today? As opposed to just going, Hey, I achieved it. Yay. But are you using it in any other way? Is it doing something else for you? Do you see development coming from it? You know, in the next six months, even it'll help you to see that what you've done isn't just a one and done. It'll help you to see you've actually done a lot. And there's been a lot of you that's been tied to it. And you'll start to be able to see that appreciation coming about. And it's very direct because and yes, you have to write it down because you could sit there and think about it, but those thoughts will just vaporize. If you write it down, you physically, you you literally physically are seeing it and those words will stick with you and it'll then connect with all those different aspects that you went through to achieve them.
0: So great. Thank you so much.
2: Alex, have you got something for us or? I mean, I've been very Just quiet. so much, just so much work Oops, to do. I can't hear you. You're still quiet. <laughs> No, I'm not, mm-hmm. muted. I'm not muted. You you just, uh, I just have so much work to do. You know, I feel like I have to stand in front of the mirror and, you know, find parts of me that I like. <laughs> One
1: day at a time. It's not like I have to do everything at once. No, I know. Just, I'm, I'm, you know. I'm
2: teasing. Um, I think this is a great conversation because I, I, what I, what I love about the different places that we touch is that Everybody has something in this conversation. Every everybody's got it somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. Some of us might not have any imposter phenomenon when it comes to like our career, right? We might feel really good, and 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 it might be our body. Some of us, it might be the, our marriage, right? We're a terrible True. partner, mm-hmm. uh, or I I can imagine it's not actually not even imagine, but not as a parent when I hear parents talking about them as, you know, this has to be a ton of, you know, I'm a, I'm a terrible parent and it's not reality. Um, and I think even kids now, kids probably don't listen to this podcast, but you know, children that think they're terrible children or terrible students or whatever. So it just occurs like it's layered throughout all of our, our society.
1: It is, it is. And, and it's just, the biggest thing is being able to acknowledge it, understand that you are feeling this way and that it's not just you. But others do, and then start taking the steps to slowly overcome it. And it's not always easy. I mean, in some cases, it can be for some, but depending on who is around you, depending on the influences you have, um, it could be difficult because you have to do a lot of reflecting and a lot of reapplying these aspects to really help your mind break out of the negativity and the toxicity.
0: Well, it's, it's been a really valuable conversation and our time has flown by. I want to give you uh, the last word here, Victor, if you have a parting thought or a parting shot or something for a few thousand coaches to
1: take with us today, what would you leave us with? Um, so as a coach, it's like, you also have to realize that you're doing the best job you can. You're, you have your voice, you have your skills, and people are coming to you for a reason. Don't compare yourself to other coaches. Don't look at it like, oh, well, these coaches are doing it differently or better. You have your voice for a reason, and the people are coming to you because of your voice your skills, your abilities, and you have to appreciate that and realize that what you say, what you do, and how you present it, that's what has the impact and that's what's making the difference. So never discount that. Appreciate that and keep letting that grow and keep letting your authentic voice just kind of be out there.
0: That is beautiful and a great reminder for this season and any others. That's Victor Moscone. You can find him at Victor Moss, V I C T O R M os.com, as well as um, going on the Instagram, and that's Doc Moss Inspired. Thank you so much for being with us. Thanks for your great work and uh, have you. a wonderful holiday and new year. Thank you. You too. Enjoy. Thank you very much. Alex Terranova, people can find you at thedreammason.com. You do the Dream Mason podcast as well as others. Your book is out there, Fictional Authenticity, as well as your contribution to Redefining Masculinity. Anything you
2: want to uh, let the people know or uh, that I'm pretending to be someone <laughs> uh, no oh, thank god because I didn't like this guy at all oh. this, yeah right I can I can start I'm starting from scratch uh, starting into in I'm gonna be totally different in 2022 Um no, this was great. I think there was so much value that Victor brought us today, and something really for everyone. Whether you're a coach or not a coach, or want to be a coach, or you've been a coach for you know 30 years but you still think you're not a good coach. Um, so no, I'm I'm just glad that I was here this week and and Craig missed this week and uh,
0: yeah. Once again, don't compare yourself. I mean, he may be better at this job than you, but you know, just don't compare because that'll lead to despair. All right. Uh, You know, I'm teasing and I love you and I thank you so much for always being here and bringing uh, your particular brand of cool to these conversations. Once again, thedreammason.com. My name is Christopher McAuliffe. Please go check out Accomplishment Coaching, home of the great, uh, the world's finest coach training program, truly a transformational experience for 100% of the people who have been through it. And our dear listener, I thank you for listening this week and every week as we bring you people out on the cutting edge of coaching, people you need to know about or just darn interesting folks right here on The Coaching Show in our 18th year. Um, You can find us on Accomplishment Media or wherever fine podcasts are available. I thank you for listening and we'll talk to you next week.
1: That's it for today's episode. Thanks for listening to The Coaching Show. We will talk to you next week.